What's up, everybody? Welcome into Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the studio host and producer of the Wolves Football on 96.9 The Legend and host of the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Welcome into this week's show. The college football season is here. We had a little fun with week zero, handful of games this past weekend, but everybody gets going this weekend, including Alabama, Auburn, and Troy. And we'll be previewing those three teams here on the show today. Go through Alabama, Auburn, and Troy. Go through the roster, who they have, who they lost, and we'll look at the schedules for all three. Also give some predictions at the end of the show for the college football season. But before we do all that, let you guys know you can find me and the podcast. You can find me on social media at PJordanSCC. Podcast is available at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. You can always email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. All right, let's jump into Alabama first. This is a team that went 11-2 last year, 6-2 in a conference. And wow, just you look at how close was Alabama from being undefeated last year, which I know some people also could throw it up. Well, they also been very close to being 8-4. You lose heartbreaking games to Tennessee by three points, 52-49, and LSU in overtime, 32-31. Both those games were on the road, play here or there. And Alabama could be undefeated, but like I said, uh, other people may throw it on the other side. Ole Miss was close, and so was Texas A&M. That game was close as well, and A&M was a 5-7 and team last year. So people will say, well, it could have been 8-4. and But Alabama was great uh, when they needed to be at home. Uh, and a lot of that was because Bryce Young, who's no longer there, he's now in the NFL. They also lost running back Jameer Gibbs, who was kind of a great uh, receiver for him, too. You can maybe argue he was their best receiver last year. And then defensively, lost a lot of guys, as they're used to doing. Defense lineman Byron Young uh, and also DJ Dell. Lose linebacker Henry Toa Toa and Will Anderson, the best defensive player in college football last year, last two years, really. And then safeties Brian Branch and Jordan Battle. They also lose both coordinators, Bill O'Brien, which I think – most Alabama fans are excited about that he will no longer be there in Tuscaloosa. He is gone. He's to the New England Patriots, and he is being replaced by former Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, also played quarterback there. And then defense coordinator Pete Golding, another one I don't think a lot of Alabama fans are upset, is no longer there. Uh, he is now at Ole Miss, and he is replaced by someone familiar to Nick Saban and to Alabama fans, both because of Alabama and because of Auburn, that is Kevin Steele. Spends some time, of course as Auburn's defense coordinator under Gus Malzahn uh, before Gus was let go there uh, on the Plains. Now, offensively, what's Alabama going to look like coming back? The big question is obviously quarterback. Who replaces Bryce Young? Nick Saban has not wanted to answer this question at all. And, in fact, he is not releasing a depth chart for this week uh, for the season opener against Middle Tennessee. Jalen Milrow, the most experienced with Alabama of the three. Ty Simpson. You look at him, he's a pure passer. He may be the best passer of the three, but very inexperienced. Then you got Notre Dame transfer Tyler Buckner. Makes sense. Reuniting with Tommy Reese. But with him, how far behind? And I have seen some stuff with and watching him play last year when he did play. He has had the interception issue. So which one of these three quarterbacks is going to be the guy? The more and more I think about it, I think it's going to be Jalen Milrow. I think he will be the starting quarterback for Alabama in the first game but who's going to be the starting quarterback against Texas and who finishes against Texas in that second game is going to be key. 
But as much as everybody wants to talk about quarterbacks, and my thing about too is tell me about the receivers. What are the receivers going to be for Alabama this season? Because I don't think the receivers were at the snuff last season. Obviously, Alabama for time numbers used to have an NFL wide receivers. They don't really I mean, okay, some of these guys might play in the NFL, but you guys know what I'm getting. They're used to first round talent, wide receivers. Jermaine Burton, Ja'Cory Brooks, Isaiah Bond. Who is going to step up of the wide receiver group to help out whoever the quarterback is going to be? And that's going to be key. Now, I think Alabama is going to be more of a running team this season to kind of kind of go back to what they once were. Because when you don't have the trigger man back there, like a Bryce Young, like a Tua, like a Matt Jones, maybe you have to go back to a little bit what you once were. Not completely because I don't think you can win just turning around, running the ball the whole game and not really being explosive in the passing game. You got to do both. You got to be able to push the ball down the field, and you just can't be vanilla with it. But one of those receivers is going to step up. But running back uh, is probably the strength of this team. First up, you have veterans, Jace McKellen and Rodell Williams. Rodell Williams. Those two are your vet, your better, veterans, your starters. Those guys are going to ride. But Justin Haynes, this is a guy – Everybody's excited about He looked great in the spring game for Alabama. Showed some really good things. He does not even look like a freshman. He looks already like a junior or a senior. Build-wise, reminds me a lot of Mark Ingram. So I think we could be seeing a lot of this guy. And then offensive line should be good. Led on the right side of the ball by J.C. Latham. Alabama's going to be good on the offensive line. They're going to be good running the ball. It's all about the quarterbacks. And like I said, for me, it's not necessarily – the quarterbacks, it's for receivers. Who's going to step up at a wide receiver position? Defensively, look, talked about who all else. And everybody said, well, how do you replace Will Anderson? You replace him with Dallas Turner, one of the very best defensive players in college football. And I'm really excited for him this season because he's going to really get a chance to show what he's got. He's going to be able to shine and show a lot of people that he is at that same level as a Will Anderson up uh, front defense line, Tim Smith. We need to find some consistency. He's shown some good things. You keep hearing out Alabama camp. Uh, Jaheim Hotes, Otis, is they're really high on him, what he could and should be able to do. And then you look at you have the best cornerback in college football in Kool-Aid McKinstry, also big on special teams, the return game, and he is a special talent. So looking at the Alabama schedule, of course, we mentioned they opened up with Middle Tennessee. The next week they host Texas. Remember last year, barely beat Texas by one point when Coon Ewers went down in Austin. Now they're coming to Alabama. We have a primetime matchup. That's going to be big because we'll find out who the quarterback is. What's the quarterback future going to be for Alabama in that game? Because they're going to need somebody to step up. Should be fine against Middle Tennessee. You should win that one going away. But the Texas game going to be good. I think Texas is going to be really good this year. I think Texas is – should be the favorite in the Big 12. I think that makes them a potential playoff team. So Texas is not going to be one to look past. The thing with Texas, they play really well against the elite teams, but for some reason the middle of the pack or lower tier Big 12 teams, they send a 10 to struggle against. Then they will head to South Florida. That should be a win there. Ole Miss, that's always fun with Lane. That's early in the year. Um, they'll be at home for that one. Then you go on the road back-to-back weeks at Mississippi State, at Texas A&M. We know Texas A&M always gets up for Alabama, and that'll, that'll be fun as well. Bobby Petrino, now the office coordinator, what's the deal with him with Jimbo? Then on the 14th, Alabama will play Arkansas. Then they get Tennessee at Holmes. Be looking for revenge on that one. 
Then you have a week off, and you play at home against LSU. So back-to-back revenge games are the two games you lost last season. And then they will go to Kentucky. Kentucky, I think, is going to be a solid team, but they play a lot like Alabama. And same thing with Georgia. So I, the, the styles just clash and it just does not work out with for Kentucky. Then they get an easy one with Chattanooga, and then you close out the year by going to Auburn. So potential pitfalls in the schedule issues. Texas, I very well think Texas could beat Alabama. I think it's very much in the cards. Texas is that good, especially just when you look at the athletes that they have. Ole Miss will be interesting, but it's in Tuscaloosa. So I don't know. It seems like Ole Miss does better when they're at home versus Alabama. The at AM game could be big. AM's talented. We know they're talented. And if they can put it together with the coaches getting along, Jimbo Fisher and Bob Petrino, that's a dangerous game. Tennessee, I think Alabama is going to really be motivated for that one. Did LSU game look? Uh, Alabama is going to be geared up for that one, but I'm picking LSU to win the West this year. That's my pick on that one. And of course, the Auburn game at the end at Jordan Hare, we all know. That's kind of like the house of horrors for Alabama. But uh, anyways, what do you guys think? Uh, go uh, go check out social media or Apple Podcasts, leave a review. Let me know what you think about uh, the Alabama season upcoming, the roster, and the schedule. Now let's jump into Auburn. Coming off a 5-7 and seven season, 2-6, and six, Brian Harson out, which he was out before the season had ended. Hugh Freeze is in a lot of positive momentum for Auburn right now, Hugh Freeze, with what he's been able to do in recruiting. I think there's a lot of excitement at Auburn. They have sold out the season tickets there at Auburn, so they're really anxious for this upcoming season for the Auburn Tigers. Now, I remember there's a lot of energy last year when Carnell Cadillac-Williams took over in the last four games as the interim. Uh, Auburn had two wins in that stretch. They went two and two, and you could just really feel like Auburn football was back. The energy, the atmosphere, everything that you wanted was back with Auburn with that. So let's look at it. Now, Hugh Freeze has rebuilt this roster. Uh, he's even said that when he got there, it did not look like how an Auburn roster should look. Went through the spring. Look, you go back to spring game. was not a lot you could tell off that just because the weather was not there. After spring, you bring in Michigan State transfer Peyton Thorne to compete with Robbie Ashford and uh, Holden Gariner. Uh, TJ Finley left the program. He is now at Texas State. And then Peyton Thorne wins the job. Just about a week and a half ago, Hugh Freeze announced that Peyton Thorne would be the starting quarterback. He likes his leadership. He's always there. But he also talked very highly of the other quarterbacks, Robbie Ashford and Holden Gariner. And whole talking about holding probably the best pure passer of the of the three. I've heard some people talk about that they have seen that with uh with holding the thing is he's good probably in seven on sevens, but when he gets a rush, his kind of eyes get wide. So just not quite ready uh to be the main guy yet. But with Robbie Ashford, you're gonna see him on the field. You know that there's probably gonna package for him a certain set of plays where he will come in and be a run threat with what he can do. But Peyton Thorne has shown what he did at Michigan State. In 2021, that was an 11-2 team. Yes, Kenneth Walker was a big part of that. But Peyton Thorne was one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten that year. He has shown what he's capable of doing. And Auburn's probably going to have a good run game. Uh, Jock West Hunter, he is back with the team. And I've heard Hugh Freeze talk about that. It's probably the best running back talent he's ever had. And But, you know, look at that. Hugh Freeze has never had those really – top running backs wherever he's been, particularly when he was at Ole Miss. He's got that at Auburn. 
not just with Jarquez Hunter. You got transfer from South Florida, Brian Petit, who is going to be kick returner also, but he's an electrifying player. He led South Florida rushing at over 1,000 yards. I mean, this was a very bad football team that he was on last year, but he was a bright spot for them. You got Demari Austin, who is a player that Hugh Freeze has raved about uh, since the spring, throughout the summer, uh, going through fall camp. So Auburn has a stable of running backs, and there's more there that I haven't mentioned. So Auburn should be good there. That's where something can lean with their offense. Somebody needs to step up at receiver, and Hugh Freeze has mentioned that. He's, there was one of the scrimmages. He said they were they were going on the wrong option on some of the RPOs. They got to work that out. The players that are back, Camden Brown. Jarvarius Johnson and Corey Moore. And with Camden Brown, that's a player, too, that has Auburn fans have wanted to see, coaches have talked about, but him staying on the field has been an issue, staying healthy. They do bring in transfers, Nick Marner, who is a big, tall, wide receiver. Uh, he needs to get better with the catches because we saw that in the spring game, him dropping passes. And then Caleb Burton, Ohio State, tremendous talent. So if somebody in that group has to step up. Now, Auburn does have talent at tight end. Uh, Rivaldo Fairweather coming in from Florida National. Then you have holdovers, Luke Deal, and Tyler Fromm. Now, the best tight end in the SEC is without a doubt Brock Bowers with Georgia. But uh, when you get past that, uh, Auburn's got a good group. Auburn's got a good room at tight end and rebuilt the offensive line. Offensive line has been a real issue for Auburn last year's under Gus Malzahn and Brian Harson, they really have not recruited offensive line really well. Hugh Freeze went into the portal and rebuilt the guys up front. They got center Avery Jones. He also got left tackle Dylan Wade, who comes from Tulsa, and then Gunnar Britton, who come from Western Kentucky. So good group, better on all offensive line. Quarterbacks improve. Running back should be good. So receiver, to me, should be the big question for Auburn offensively this upcoming season. And then defensively, they were not where the Auburn standard was at defense last year. 77th total, 96 against the run. They only had six interceptions. They did not create opportunities for the offense. That's what you need to do. When your offense is struggling, your defense needs to create opportunities, and they just did not do that for Auburn last season. Uh, they, they also had some transfers coming in. Uh, Justin Rogers from Kentucky be up there on the defensive front, along with defensive tackles Marcus Harris and Jason Jones, who's proven to be solid players for Auburn. Linebacker's been a weakness. They have Cam Riley coming back, Wesley Steiner, but not really something that's going to wow you at linebacker. They added Austin Keys from Ole Miss, Elijah McAllister from Vandy, which is really, I think, thought of to be more of a pass rusher type guy at linebacker, and then tomorrow Tolan from LSU. So once again, Hugh Freeze adding more talent, rebuilding the roster, and linebacker was one of need. One that wasn't of need was defensive back. Auburn has got a veteran group there. This should be the strength of the defense. You got cornerback Nehemiah Pritchett, perhaps the best pro prospect on this roster going into this season. You've got DJ James also a corner. Then in the safety position, Jalen Simpson and Zion, Zion Puckett. So you've got players there with a lot of experience at, in the secondary. Just got to see what can happen. Linebacker, and it's kind of like we talked about receiver on offense, it's linebacker. You got to really pay attention to and see that that improvement for Auburn there. Now, looking at the schedule, they do open with UMass's, who already has played a game. They played in week zero. The big one to me, I think that trip to Cal the second week of the season is huge. If Auburn can come back from that trip, it's going to be a late night for us here in the Wiregrass. It's going to be a 9.30 kickoff, so late time, 7.30 on the West Coast. Auburn wins that one. Then you play Sanford. So Auburn should be 3-0. and 
then you have the matchup at Texas A&M. Look, Auburn has had success. Since Texas A&M has joined the SEC, they have had success at College Station. So that's another chance for a win there. Maybe a and still trying to figure some stuff out with the Jimbo Fisher-Bob Petrino connection. So if you could go there and go 4-0, that's big because then you host Georgia and you go to LSU. Those are two of the best, two of the best teams in this conference. Two teams. Obviously, we know Georgia. Georgia's trying to three-peat. And LSU's a team that thinks they should be, or, or, and they're going to be national title contenders. Then you have Ole Miss. That's going to be a very energetic game because of the Lane Kiffin stuff from last year. Some stuff Lane Kiffin has said directed at Hugh Freeze. It's going to be interesting. And there's been some, there's some online rivalry going on between the Auburn and the Ole Miss people. Then you also play Mississippi State. I think that I think Mississippi State's the worst team in the West this year, just because I don't like the changes they've made to the offense. It's going to be pretty much opposite of what they run with Mike Leak, Leach. And then you got at Vandy, at Arkansas, New Mexico State, and Alabama. So I think Auburn has seven or eight games there they can win. And if you win that many, you're one of your freeze, that will be a huge win for Auburn. Now let's talk about the defending Sunbelt champion, Detroit Trojans. Coming off a 12-2 and season last year, as I said, won the Sunbelt, dominated Coastal Carolina in the Sunbelt championship game. That was played at Troy. Then they beat U2SA in the Cure Bowl 18-12, the only bowl matchup last year featuring two conference champions. Troy winning that. High expectations now for the Troy Trojans coming in. So now you're, you're expecting that. Under Chip Lindsey, three straight years of not being able to get past five wins. Now they're at a point, okay, can they repeat? It's going to be tough. South Alabama is probably, in my opinion, the favorite to win the Sun Belt, but then you still got to go through each other in that big matchup, and it's been a long time since South Alabama's beat Troy. Quarterback Gunnar Watson is back. It really just feels like this is the first time he's not going to be looking over his shoulder. There's always another quarterback on the roster that he kind of went back and forth. Now he finally took over and solidified the starting position last year, had a great game against Coastal Carolina in the Sunbelt Championship game. But he is back. 14 touchdowns last year, 12 interceptions. Need to pull back on the interceptions. Running back Kamani Vidal is back. He rushed for over 1,000 yards last year and 10 touchdowns. But Troy needs to find the second, third back. It cannot be all Vidal. They don't have a lot of actual game experience at that position. Wide receivers, Deshaun Stoudemire, Stoudemire is their best returning receiver. Had 41 catches last year for 507. But Jabrier Barber, his season was cut short last year because of in, injuries. He probably was Troy's best receiver the first half of the year before he gets hurt. He is back. That is huge for Troy. Offensive line has more depth. Maybe not as overall talented or has like NFL type guys like they did last year, but I've heard Coach Summerall talk about there's more depth there. There's, there's a solid group with more depth. On defense, of course, replacing Carlton Marshall, the all time leading tackler in FBS history. This team was one that allowed 326.7 yards per game last year, one of the best defenses in college football. Now, they will be without defensive end TJ Jackson, who is suspended indefinitely. You do have Richard Jubinor coming in who can get to the quarterback, and that's something Troy's been able to do the last several years is getting to the quarterback. They've been in top five, top three in the Sunbelt in that category the last couple of years. Also, at linebacker, Javon Solomon is back. He's a guy that can get to the quarterback. He's a great player. Look, You look at it, Carlton Marshall's not there, but they have solid linebackers, and Javon Solomon is one of them. Secondary, have experience coming back there, including – uh, bringing in Ray Stewart, who went to 
some about media day with Coach Sermon, so you know how he feels about him. This is a player. This is an awesome belt performance. And you also have Del Pettis sitting there at safety. So Troy, Troy's got the team. They've got the roster. It it was shocking no one if they went and won the Sun Belt again. But like I said, the South Alabama game and that South Alabama team is going to probably be what determines who wins the Sun Belt. Now, Troy schedule wise, they open up with Stephen F. Austin. That should be a win. Now they go to Kansas State. That's gonna be big. Now we know Troy's history. They've known from knocking off big schools. We'll see how that goes. That that'll be a nationally televised game. I think it's gonna be a Fox Sports one game. I think it's eleven, and that's also an eleven o'clock kickoff. Then you play James Madison, who had the best record of all the Eastern teams in the Sun Belt last year, but because they're in that transition period from going from FCS to FBS, they can't compete for Sun Belt titles. The same thing this season. Then you play Western Kentucky. Austin Reed, one of the better quarterbacks in the country. Uh, he come back. He was looked at hard about transfer portal, but he comes back to Western Kentucky, putting up big numbers there. Did everything replacing Bailey Zappi, kind of keeping that going with what Western Kentucky has with quarterbacks. So that will be a challenging game uh, for Troy. Then they'll play at Georgia State, and then play Arkansas State at Army. That should be a lot of fun. At Texas State, then the 11-2, November 2nd. They play South Alabama at home on a Thursday night. You ask me, this game determines who wins the Sun Belt. Then you're at Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana, and at Southern Miss. So games pit that, that are tough on the schedule, I think. At the Kansas State game, of course, James Madison will be interesting to see if that team, like I said, continue from what they did last season. Western Kentucky will be tough. Austin Reed and that, that group there. At Army, that I think that'll be a tough one. Of course, South Alabama. So, but look at schedule though; it's very manageable. It's very possible Troy could be back in the Sun Belt Championship game. But like I said, everything in the Sun Belt is going to go through uh, Troy and South Alabama. All right, let's close up this week's podcast with some predictions. Um, I kind of told you in the Alabama segment. I think LSU wins the SEC West. I think Alabama comes in second. I put A&M at three, Ole Miss at four, Arkansas five, Auburn six, and then I've got Mississippi State seven. If you want to just know about what I got in the East, I got Georgia there, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Florida. I'm just not high on the Florida Gators this year. Just, Just not one bit. So, I got Georgia beating LSU in the SEC championship game again. I got Georgia winning the title again. Uh, but my playoff teams, I'm going to go with Georgia, Michigan, Texas, and let's throw a curveball. I think Notre Dame. Let's throw Notre Dame in there. I don't think two SEC teams get in. If they do, I think Alabama is actually a great opportunity. Have one loss. Don't play in Atlanta. And then get in. So Alabama's possible too. Now with the Sun Belt, I've got South Alabama winning Sun Belt. I think Troy comes in second in the West. I think South Alabama will beat Coastal over there. And just for anybody out there, I know we're in the Wiregrass. If anybody wants to know what I think about that, the ACC, I think Florida State wins the ACC uh, this year. So uh, that's kind of where I'm seeing everything uh, with college football coming up this weekend. All right. I hope everybody enjoys the show. Hope you enjoy my takes, my thoughts on all things Alabama, Auburn, and Troy and wiregrass stuff and everything. 
Uh, remember, the Wiregrass High School Football Report will be coming to this feed very soon. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Wednesday night, you're hearing this early Wednesday, but Wednesday night at 8. Uh, not Wednesday night. Sorry, that was last week. Thursday night, uh, there will be the Coaches Show podcast we'll be on here. The Coaches Show comes on at 8 on 96.9 The Legend on Thursday nights. So the podcast will show up at 8.30. As soon as the show goes off the air, uh, the podcast will be seen. So check that out as well. And make sure to check out the Dothan Wolves as they are on the road this Friday night. The first road game of the season. Heading up to Montgomery take on Percy Julian. They used to be known as Robert E. Lee. Uh, that will be the first 7A Region 2 matchup of the year. Pre-game will start at 645 and kickoff is at 7. So please join Jerry Coleman, Ken Lambert, and myself as uh, we bring you all the action. And also remember, you can follow me on social media at PJordanSEC. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week, uh, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.